I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We honestly don't even know why we're starting with Oasis today. Nice. Today is going to be the day that the girl reminds me of the 90s. And I associate Missouri basketball with the 90s when they were once relevant with Norm Stewart. <laughs> and now less so. And it allows me to reminisce about my first trip to Lumpy's. <laughs> the bar beneath Peoples on the Ames campus. It's like quarter draws, bro. Yep. And uh, I think it was like a Friday night. Uh, and uh, guys playing this on the acoustic guitar, like in the corner. Cognitive. It might have been. And then in the other corner of the uh, establishment, somebody's just taking a leak yeah. on the floor. That's probably Cooper. <laughs> so, you never knew. I mean, there, there are some deals down there, but you lucky we didn't catch something. That's probably Cooper or Ryan Hillary peeing in the corner. If, it, if COVID was around, it would be all over Lumpy's back then. <laughs> no question. Yeah, you just like... Just, you know, touch a door. Yeah, you get you're getting something. You're getting something down there. Uh, a little nostalgic. Uh, shout out to Missouri. Yeah. Here on the for Norm. Norm Stewart is still alive. I had to look that up. Oh, yes. Good for him. Yeah. I, I associate them more with Quinn Snyder from my era. Yeah. Yeah. And Which it's they, crazy that he went on to be like a really good yeah, NBA he's, coach. He might be the best X and O NBA coach yeah. around right now. He got himself ejected in a game when he got out schemed by Wayne Morgan and lost by 25 in that, Columbia. That's once. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it, he was my era, and then he wasn't that good. So it was no, like, he, I mean, he made a couple tournaments, but that was he was the hot name when he went there because he was an assistant under Krzyzewski. Yeah, yeah, and uh, was thought to be a home run, and then did not do well. Had some other off court stuff happen, but. They're not any better off right now. My gosh. That team kind of gave up in the second we'll half. We'll talk about that. Uh, Williamson Bloom. We're recording in the afternoon so we can watch football today. And, uh, yeah, so we may be, by the time a lot of you download this in, on Monday morning, hopefully it's not too outdated. We are going to talk about a few things that could be here as I'm going to fade out the Oasis. Yeah, no, it takes me back. Bloom wanted to go uh, nostalgia today in honor of Missouri. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to our presenting sponsor, our friends at MacDine. Check them out at MacDine.com, the MacDine Corporation. I bet Clover was still at Iowa State when Wonderwall came out in 95. Probably. He was there for like eight years. Well, he's really smart. Um, (laughs) Because he was getting – it wasn't like the normal eight-year track for people. He was getting his doctorate, MBA, and everything else. You know – Good Iowa State people, man. Like I, I hear from him after almost every Iowa State yeah. game. Like, dude is just completely locked he in on all things clones. That's any, why you want to go and work for a company like Mac. Uh, absolutely. And anybody who was around in the eighties and nineties 
had to very much enjoy that beatdown of Missouri yesterday. Speaking of Mac dying real quick, they also sponsor my Chris Williams podcast that you can, it's separate. It's not on the Cyclone Fanatic feed. Um, I'm going to do a lot more of these in 2022, but um, I had um, our friend, Dr. Matt Urban, uh, microbiologist on, and he went to Jamaica with me. So we did a travel review okay. of Jamaica. Um, and then we also, so Matt is like a, he's a vaccine guy. Like he is, it's what he, he is. like studies. And um, we talked a lot about like the COVID vaccine and like where we're at and all this, is this thing burning out? Like is, you know, they, yeah. it, it was, and he brings it in like a really good, like tone of where you can understand it. It's kind of, it, it, it plays well cause I'm stupid. <laughs> I and he's smart. So then, he like, is smart. And I, I can just throw it at him, and he, he puts it in layman's terms in for common me. sense terms. So I have it downloaded. Check that out. No, I, I'm flying to California tomorrow. I'm gonna he, listen to it. I don't want to build him up too much. He really is brilliant, and um, the, the Jamaica part's fun. We tell some stories from being down there. So uh, check that out. That is the Chris Williams podcast. Wherever you find your podcast, Mechdine is also the sponsor now of the. Uh, corner three pod with Scott featuring Scott Christofferson, who was like a kid on Christmas morning talking about uh, college basketball and getting paid for it. So this is great to have Scott on. He's a brilliant analyst as well. Uh, check that out. Mechdyne is a phenomenal supporter of everything we do here uh, at Cyclone Fanatic and also our 712 media company. Um, I had a good time. I, I sat in the stands on Saturday, which was with, with, Dr. Urban actually in, in, in Luch. And uh, the Missouri thing was, was interesting bloom because they, I'll say this, like they looked the part. Yeah. They got some bunch guys, a bunch of dudes yep. there. I mean, Brown and like, they got some dudes. Yeah. That Brazil's an NBA type player someday. I, I was concerned at halftime when Iowa state had 17 points off of turnovers and only had a three point lead. But um, that game, when a, if you knew anything about Missouri going into it, how much they turned the basketball over, you thought Iowa State's pressure would really impact them. And, and kudos to Iowa State's guys for and, – and Otts. Otts was going crazy. Like, the crowd was chanting for Connor Booth – or Carter Booth. <laughs> okay. Carter, I love him, yeah. man. Um, and, like, Otts – was all he was thinking of is hold them under 50. Yeah. Like he is so intense. Like he, they were still running actions. Like they were, he was working on into game stuff. Like they were, they went hard for 40 minutes yesterday. That was, you could tell. And I, and I kind of know because of the messaging that had been going towards them after the Oklahoma state game, that they really wanted to come back and let everybody leave Hilton with a much better taste in their mouth compared to the week before. And you certainly got that. Absolutely. And this was like the one game remaining where it would have been a quote-unquote bad loss if you if you lose it. Yeah. And so this really just taking care of business. And I thought that whole week for Iowa State basketball was just what the doctor ordered. I mean, very— Both sides, the women, uh, yeah, too. Yeah, the women were fantastic. Uh, won comfortably both of both of its games. But the way you, you finished the game Wednesday night in Stillwater, the way that ended, and then you're a little sluggish— you know, offensively against Missouri, but second half, Iowa State could not have played better. And so you, re- you feel really good about, all right, it's almost like the team caught its second wind this week. I would agree. You got a big game then Tuesday, but it just, it was nice. And even you got Coons a little more comfortable in the second half. Grill hit a couple of big shots. 
Tyrese Hunter continues to get better. No turnovers. No turnovers for Tyrese. There's just a lot of things lining up. And defensively, we're better. Now, Missouri's not a very good offensive team, but Iowa State held Brown to, what, like six points on one of eight shooting. They just did a really nice job. And that's that's what a good team that Iowa State is should have done to a very average, mediocre Missouri team. And it was nice to see them put it together. One takeaway I had from yesterday, and this is such a macro, like big picture that everybody's going to be like, duh. And you go the other way with the offense at times this year. Um, but I, I turned to, to Luch like midway through the game and I was just like, you know, like it, 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 cause it just hit me. It's like how bad Iowa state has been defensively <laughs> in years. Yeah, yeah. Right. And like yeah. it, and then you could also say, like, a week ago, be like, man, like, how bad are we offensively compared to we used to be? But it it really – I like what they're doing with the whole, like, get the student section to chant kill. The, the What I'm saying, Brent, is it really stood out to me just what a different style, like, this really is uh, to the core. And I feel like Hilton's starting to finally grasp it just a little bit. And, and that's a really good thing because they really are. They're just relentless. Like the guy who stood out to me yesterday, and I actually have to gave him a lot of props on the broadcast too, listening on the way home, and I was glad to hear that. That was Caleb Grill's best defensive game yeah, he's ever played. he's turned into a really good defender. He was everywhere. Yep. And if you – that's a really big deal, I think, going forward because the, the argument used to be, well, if Kalsher is not hitting shots – you take him out, but you're dropping off so much defensively. Caleb's never going to be Kalsher on defense. No. Kalsher's elite. But if you could eliminate that drop-off just a smidge, it helps a lot at the at the end of the game when it comes to the numbers. And I, he really stood out to me. The other one was Kuntz getting him back going. I was starting to wonder, is he slumping or is he not playing as well against better competition? Mm-hmm. And I think that was a fair critique. And to watch him bounce back, he hit a shot. He was all of his last seven from the field, hit a three with about 12 to go, and he pointed up at the heavens and, like, thanked God. Yeah. And, you know, I, to see him get going, I think, was big, too. Absolutely. Well said. You know, with, with Grill, it was interesting. If you look back, the reaction when he uh, recommitted to Iowa State and transferred back, it was yeah. very... I'd say blah from the fan base of, oh, I mean, what's the point here with this guy? But he has, you could argue, outside of the obvious ones in Brockington, Hunter, and and Kalsher, he's been the X factor for Iowa State this year. It just seems like whenever Iowa State needs a big basket, again, in the first half against Missouri, he's done something. But he's also turned himself into a pretty good defender. Mm -hmm. He's not a liability on that end of the floor like he was as a freshman. and. Uh, it's been a very nice piece. If you look at his minutes, I think he has the fourth most minutes on Iowa State's roster right now. TJ so, trusts him. Yeah, he's and he's a trustworthy guy. He doesn't turn the ball over, and he's been really good. I think that's a great observation. He had the play of the year uh, in the first half in that steal when he dove on the floor and then flipped it behind his head to Jones, who finished it. Really neat. Kind of reminded me of that when we were freshmen. The, Rashawn the, Clark. Yeah, Stinson Blaylock. Rashawn, maybe we were sophomore. That was against Virginia. Yeah, right? against Virginia. Yeah, very similar type <laughs> God, of play. We're, we're yeah. sick. Yep. All you yep. had to say was which year, yep. and I knew what player. God, we're sick. Was that 2004? We anyway. need lives. Yeah, we, we do do apps. That, is that was fact. one of the great dunks in that I've seen, I think, in Hilton was the Rashawn Clark dunk versus Virginia. I'm sure one of our great listeners will pull that up on 
on the YouTube. Sorry, my dog is like attacking Bloom's cord here. <laughs> we're good. Uh, we're back no, at the home office. It, it is on YouTube. It's one of the better better dunks. But I thought that was a, a great play and just kind of signify what Iowa State's all about. And, and to your earlier point, the, the, Hilton was awesome yeah. again yesterday. It was fun. Um, and that's that is going to pay off dividends. It was important coming off the TCU game for Iowa State to win that game at home. So it was just a nice celebration in nostalgic fashion to beat up on Missouri. Um, real quick, well, I want to talk about the Oklahoma State game too. Uh, but we are uh, – I want to do a quick promo here for, for my friend Matt Miller uh, from Van Veen Chocolate Shop down in Pella. Here's a good deal. Okay, this is, this is really cool. And we did this last year Couple where these small businesses were really, really struggling. Yep. And um, Valentine's Day is coming, coming up. up. Here's the weeks. deal. We can do online orders through Van Veen. If you want to support a small cyclone business, you can go to their website, go to Van Veen Chocolate Shop. Just Google it. I actually, let me pull that up real quick because I don't want to butcher their actual vanveenchocolates.com. That's what it is. Perfect. Vanveenchocolates.com. We will be putting out a social media post for this as well. But you have to get your online order in before February 4th so they can get them fulfilled and shipped. And um, everything's taken forever. You know, with shipping yeah. and all that stuff. So they want to make sure. Yeah, there's one thing. You, you don't want those chocolates arriving on the 16th of February. That'd be a. Here's the deal. Unless Promo code Cyclones. Promo code Cyclones gets you 11% off of your order. Unlimited orders. The promo expires February 3rd. Um, you have to get your orders placed before February 4th to take advantage of this. Unless you want to go down to Van Veen's, which you're well, you can do too. I'm sure if you gave them the promo code, they would give you the 11% off. That is down there on Franklin Street in Pella. These are really good people. Um, Cyclone Fanatics not making a lot of money on this average. We want to help these small businesses. It's an important deal to me. And uh, these are really fine folks. So check them out at vanveenchocolates.com. You're all going to be buying something for somebody when it comes to Valentine's Day this year. We would encourage you to use a great small Cyclone business. vanveenchocolates.com. Anyways, um, we're also going to, and stay tuned for this, is we're putting it together next Saturday, 1 o'clock tip at Texas. We are going to be having a game watch where all the proceeds are going to go to Nick Bassett's family. Awesome. Um, I'm working on the ironing out all the details. But if you're interested in that, this will be happening next Saturday. We'll be working on some silent auction stuff. Uh, there's a lot to put together here. I do think we're probably going to have like an event bright code so that we know how many people are coming. Yep. Um, that sort of thing. I just wanted to put it on your radar. We will promote it all week. Hopefully by the end of the day, Monday, I will have all that put together. But that's been an emotional thing all week too. And uh, of course, our thoughts and prayers go out to that family. Bloom, you guys gave a nice tribute on the women's game the other night. Um Shout out to Nick. I know he's listening. Yeah, and it's just it's one of those things that um, he listened every week. So shout out to Nick. We and and one of those people that had every reason to make excuses and be sorry about himself, and just wasn't. I mean, that's the inspiration of 
looking at every day as a blessing. And um, yeah, it was just tough news this week, but man, what a, what a legacy he lives. And it was a, a nice tribute by Iowa State Athletics um, to recognize him on the video board and, and highlight his seat. And um, I think that'd be cool if they could do something permanent with with Nick's seat there at Jack Trice Stadium. I would agree. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, okay, the Oklahoma State game, uh, I'll say this was one of the... <laughs> I texted you after the first Tech game, and I'm like, I'm not cut out for this. Like, I... I just I I'm following this team differently than I ever have. It I can't explain it. Um, but that game took years off of all of our lives. Yeah, and I'm glad I didn't watch it live. <laughs> oh yeah, because you're the calling the women's game. game. No, I, I did watch the last five minutes in overtime live, and that uh, was more that was than bad enough. enough. It was it's one of those games where it was, it was actually driving uh, driving down from Hilton back home, listening to John and Eric. It was still stressful then, but at least you didn't uh, have to see it. And like that's yeah. that, that sometimes can help the stress you a little let bit. Let them deal with yeah, it. Yeah, because they're you. the ones who are, are stressed out and you're just, just soaking it in. But man, what a what a huge win. I mean, that's that's one of those games you circle as a turning point, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And it I guess I wouldn't have ever called it a must win. No. Um be, and I and I never did because you there's just so many opportunities. But it, it did feel like you know, with Kansas this week, and then you're at Texas, and it's just like, you know, we can't keep saying, oh, well, it's going to be a bumpy ride. At some point, you do Gotta have win. to win yeah. some games. And that one, all but – the way I look at it, it's the old Tim Floyd standings. It all but erased the TCU game. Yep, absolutely. And it and it evened out a little bit. You know, if you look at close games Iowa State's been in in conference play, you beat Tech at home in a game that could have gone either way. You lose to Kansas on the road. The Baylor game was kind of close at home. But when you play, and obviously it's going to play a lot of them, you hope that at least half of them you're going to get. And that was one that easily could have gone the other way, and Iowa State pulled it out. Uh, huge win. It was just the toughness shown. Again, I thought Hunter was awesome last couple minutes, and then Brockington, a legendary game for him. Big shot after big shot for that guy, and led to one of the great Eric Heft quotes where, you know, <laughs> what he said, these Cyclones have, have big hearts. Brockington has big everything. <laughs> Uh, and and shout out to Trey with those, yeah, free, with those ice throws, cold awesome. free throws, man. Like he, I, it didn't dawn on me that he hadn't shot one. I was, I'm watching him going, has he, is he a good free throw shooter? It's like, well, he hasn't had one this year. You know, what? it's funny because we were we were with um, Dr. Urban was here, yep. recording the podcast that night, and our families were watching that game afterwards. And me being like the big shot, oh, I know everything about the team, of course. Uh, when Trey goes to the line, I stand and I'm standing up like I'm into it, yeah. and I'm like, "This is the guy we want at the line. Yeah. This is our guy. This is our guy." And then the announcer goes, "Yeah, this is his first free throw attempt all year." And it's like, "You moron!" <laughs> yeah. Like, I, my point though, and I do have a point, is that Trey is tough as nails, and like, if I did think like, if there's a dude here under the radar guy who like this isn't this this scenario is not going to impact. It's Trey Jackson. And yeah, he, I mean, he's a badass. I love it. It'd him. be interesting. Who would, if you ask TJ, who would you want shooting free throws in that moment? I mean, I'm guessing Brockington's there. Is it? 
I mean, Grill, like he's Grill, a, maybe. I don't know. His, I don't think his percentages are great this year. He hasn't shot many. <laughs> I mean, I think Brockington is your number probably one. Probably your number one. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe Trey so number he might, two. He might be. Honestly, he might be. Yeah, but he just doesn't he, make a lot of plays to the basket to get fouled on. Correct. Very and that awesome. was uh, that's just a huge another quad one win. I we need to have a conversation at some point about the net rankings. They're starting to drive me insane of the formula that they use for that. There's way too much emphasis, in my opinion. This is now coming from, you know, obviously it's defensive-minded, but there's way too much involved with the offensive metrics yeah, for that. Yeah, like, well, and, and you saw it yesterday because Iowa State won by nearly 20, and then you get Didn't a move. huge... Well, well, in Ken Palm, yeah, Iowa Ken, State moved. In Ken Palm, you get a big bump because you you win by double yep, digits. so up to 23, 24. 24. 24 Iowa State now. stayed the same in, in net ranking. They're at 27, 28, but... If you look at the teams ahead of them, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And, and I'm not trying to make it Iowa versus Iowa State, but in my opinion, there is no metric where Iowa should be seated ahead of Iowa State right now, just from a quality of win standpoint. No, no I agree. But because of the way the net ranking formulates, and it, it involves a lot of offensive efficiency in there. Yeah, and Iowa's elite And there. they are great at yeah. that. They are actually seven spots higher than Iowa State in the net rankings. Which is so wild. I know it'll hopefully play itself out and work its way through once we're through the entire season. But yeah, right now, Iowa would probably be a six seed and Iowa State a seven seed based on the net rankings. The good news is at the end of the day, the humans do decide seeding and then that's just a yeah. a portion of it. And then they can go, wait a second here, what are that we doing? Is, yeah. But it's uh, it's interesting if you start looking at these metrics, where what this might mean for Iowa State and you start, start to break down win losses going forward. But... Long story short, the win at Oklahoma State is huge. It gets you another quad one win. And, again, the magic number in the Big 12 is seven wins. And uh, that was a big one for Iowa State to get to number three. Iowa State moves up to number three nationally in turnover percentage yeah. defensively. It's going to stay that way. They're just really good there. And Tyrese is elite. Yeah, that, I loved the play in Stillwater where Tyrese was just bulldogging it out at, like, three-quarter court. I think picked up a dumb foul. It, it was a dumb foul, but it was just foul. like – that's he's just he going at yeah. it, man, and like that—that's what he's taught. Like that's—that's that's the whole deal. It's he has be, that work ethic now. I think when he's a junior, I think next year is going to be fascinating. And I'm not skipping over this year, but I, in my opinion, my professional opinion, I don't. Tyrese is not a one and done guy. No. So you put him there. I think Taman Lipsy has a chance to be a super lockdown defender. King coming in's a good defender, and you're going to get Jackson back. You might get Kalsher back too. Like I think Iowa State defensively could be really, really good. And and you and Scott even touched on it. And for the premium uh, form, was that ten days ago on the Zoom call? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. About Brockington, technically, he could have another year. I believe if he wants to, he absolutely so, could. Now he's twenty four years old, That's and he problem. can make he could go overseas if he's not drafted. And he wouldn't be a first round pick, but he might. He could maybe sneak into the second, but. It, it is interesting that these guys, Con is another one that could potentially come back for another year if they wanted to. And then next year's roster could be pretty fun. Connor Ferguson will be, uh, I saw him tweeting some stuff out yesterday about a matchup between Eli King and Demarius Watson. Oh, there you go. They played over the weekend. Um, for what it's worth, too, I've been just kind of floating around with birdies. Watson's having a really good year. He is. Yeah. And it, the theory was that, so he didn't have a very good AAU season. The theory was that he was not on a great team. Okay. And 
that is kind of starting to play out. So I'm feeling a lot better about him. Yeah, his stock dropped over the summer, but at yeah. one point he was a top like 75. There was a kid. game last week that he had seven blocks in. Okay, he's super so, long yeah. wing type. No, I think that, I mean, the, the class is performing well. I, I just really enjoy Lipsy's very much a... Jared went and covered him this yeah. week. If you guys missed that, go and check that he's out on not, our front he's page. He's never going to be a guy that's going to give you 25, but man, he just does everything well. He's going to fit in so... He's perfect just, for this. He's great for this team, yeah, yeah, he, culture standpoint. And I think King, too, is going to, in my opinion, King is a guy who will provide pop yeah, as far as offensively. Got he's got a quick release. Yep. He, I've watched and studied him a lot, and I think that he could be eh, – I don't like putting too many – that's an all-Big 12 type guy, he, in my opinion. I would say he's a rich man's Caleb Grill. Okay. Yeah. That, you know, if you think yeah. Caleb does everything really well – I think King has just a little bit more of the high upside as far as being able to drive it, finish at the rim, good shooter as well. But so yeah, rich a rich man's Caleb Grill. And I, and I think it's two to point out a, plus tra- plus the other King sitting out. He's going to be a really nice player from all all accounts. I was looking at him. Yeah. He's a good looking dude. Yeah. Uh, and then Eli King's situation too. We've talked about it when he committed, but his brother played for TJ at South Dakota State. Great relationship with that family. They are all in, and awesome. they are locked in on Iowa State, and that that that's important. I to point out in today's day and age, Lipsy is a hometown kid. King is a guy who's got a massive background, and then Demarion Watson is very locked in with Kyle Green and the go. Minnesota folks. I, and it's always the transfer thing is interesting, and this only helps the fact that you've had Jazz, Caleb, Jones, Brockington, Kalsher, all thriving in in their own ways as yeah. transfers huge absolutely that's huge for for teams other players are gonna be looking at next destinations the transfer things not going away this is the last in my opinion bloom brutal week of the season okay it it's it's not easy um kansas at home uh at texas and then let me read you the, the rest of the weeks okay uh west virginia at at west virginia kansas state at home okay at TCU, Oklahoma at home. Okay. West Virginia at home at Kansas State. Oklahoma State at home at Baylor. The, okay. The, the yeah, gauntlet right. in – now, none of those games are like, oh, Iowa State's going to cruise. Nope. I don't feel like that about any of them. This is the last brutal week of the season. So how, there's five weeks regular season, right? Roughly yeah. ten games left? Yep. So, essentially – Split every week for those last four. Yeah, and you're in. Mm-hmm. So you get you. You want to be. You're going to get a lot of quad one wins no, if you do that. Yeah, and you're not going to have a bad loss on there. So again, seven and eleven in the Big Twelve gets you in. However, win Tuesday or or win Saturday this week, and and you flip your seed from you know worst case at seven eleven, you're a ten seed, right? You win this one of these games this week, you could bump that up to almost a solid six-five line because this when you when you get into February, you're not only talking about the tournament, which obviously it's in a great place right now, but now you're talking about seeding and matchups and and making a sustainable run and a win at home against Kansas or on the road at Texas, both would be huge quad one statement wins. And I think that the line Tuesday will be a pick'em. 
Do you I really? I do. Okay. I do. I think it's going to be right there. I mean, Kansas may be a point Kansas and a half, too. awful yesterday. They were so bad, and you look oh at the game. Oh, my God. What in the hell were they doing defensively in well, the first and half? So this is the thing. I, lo- I was looking at it today. I was, it's the one time I tune in and rooting for Kansas. Yep. Just a complete egg. And oh. they are, so in Bill Self's 18 years, this is the worst defensive team he's had per Ken Palm. So they just aren't great. I mean, they don't. 55. Yeah, I mean, they're 55, but if you look at points per possession, I mean, they're they're in the point, like 0.95, 0.96. They gave up 1.2 points to Kentucky, which is horrible. And Kentucky's got some, I mean, they got some NBA guys, but they just made them look yeah. really, really poor. And Kansas has some problems in that they, they, they have guys that can score it. Um, and Abaji can be a great defender. I don't think Brown's a great defender. Remy Martin's not a good defender. And they, they just they don't have some of those those classic six seven six eight wings that could shut somebody down, and I don't know. I mean, they can score it. They're one of the best offensive teams in the country. But if they're not getting anything from McCormick, and he's he's been very strange season. I think this is a game. I would say can absolutely, if it defends as well as it did like it did Lawrence, can win the game because if you work if you work Kansas, you should be able to get some baskets. I I, I think this I think this team um, is is worse than Oklahoma State is defensively, no question. Uh, it'll be a ruckus. Oh, it's going to be great. And Hilton, Hilton's the real deal, and that's going to be jam-packed. That, that Hilton will have an impact on that game Tuesday. So you're going to be in California watching? Yeah. Be 4 o'clock out there. Actually, it's fun. Like I, I, I've been on the West Coast a couple times when Iowa State's playing, and it's just like you go to a bar and you watch here's it. Here's my problem. Okay, let me advise me on this. I scheduled poorly. Oh, no. What'd you do? So I'm in San Diego Tuesday, and I have a. I did not schedule. I, I did not schedule a dinner for Tuesday night, which is okay. So because I, I, you know, I was thinking oh, maybe I can see Iowa State game. However, my Wednesday morning meeting is in Northern LA, so I got to drive. It's like, do I stay in San Diego and watch the game or listen to it on the radio? What time is your meeting on Tuesday? Seven thirty in the morning. Then you. How long will that take? Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's like a two-hour drive to L.A. No, just drive to L.A. after your meeting. Okay, and then watch the game. Watch the game you should there. have time to do all. I that. should. I should be okay. No, I, yeah, you, I'm just trying to think how to how to maximize. No, you want to get there so you can be just, at the bar, just chill out. And, yeah, you don't bar. want to have to worry like, oh man, I've got to get up at X number. No, no, okay. you want to go and find like a beachside sports bar. All right. And that's how you enjoy it. And then you, here's what you do, because I did this in San Diego for the Cyhawk game in 2019. It was when um, yep. Prom's last win against Iowa. Yep. Tyrese that, that year. Um, oh, wait a minute. Lindell's rookie year. Excuse me. Got it. Um, I went to this like beach bar while my wife and all the veterinarians were off at like class because it was still going on, right? Like That's the t- thing yeah, with the timing. Yeah, the right? time thing. And there were a bunch of like young like hippies. <laughs> At this bar, and I started buying them a few drinks, and and then you know I was tipping well, and I got them to turn on the sound and everything, okay. and we had like a Cyhawk party out there. It was great, outstanding. Yeah. Well, I'll send you a photo of. My I love. There's a few things I love more than hanging out with thirty people I don't know and they don't know anything about me, and you can just go crazy. I love it. And I'm staying. My place will be near the beach, so I yeah, can well, probably find no, a beach bar. I mean, get, when you go to California. Get you done with your beach. meeting. Do a great right. job. Let's raise some more money. Yep. And then <laughs> go camp out. Get get to your de- final destination as soon as possible. Okay. 
And that way you can just chill and enjoy it. And then you can just be out having victory drinks, victory bar hopping. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. And FaceTime me so I can live vicariously yeah, through it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to thank our friends at the Iowa Clinic. Check them out at iowaclinic.com. Uh, this is the last um, – we're, we're going to move into – it's heart month next month. So we're going to learn about heart education. But I just popped it on right here. It's a Sunday afternoon where I can go to the urgent care waiting times. It finally feels like it's calming down a little I bit. I think we're calming down a little it bit. It feels like things are chilling out just a little bit. But and th- and that's great. We've hopefully reached the peak. But you can go to iowaclinic.com. You can go to the bottom right part of the page. Click on Ankeny West Des Moines, and you can find out how many patients are waiting in urgent care. You can reserve your spot. And thank God for these people. Uh, it seems like lives are starting to calm down just a smidge. And, yeah. and knock we, on wood. Yeah. No, we hope yeah. we we hope that that continues to happen. Uh, but they've got great information at iowaclinic.com. Where do you go? Like, uh, okay, my kid has a fever. Do I need to go to my doctor? Do I need to take it to urgent care? When do I go to the ER? All that stuff. It's ah, it's maddening. Uh, they've got great information at iowaclinic.com. Uh, okay, let's do some football. Want to get into the Big Ten's news this week? Before we do so, very and this is where I said things could be dated by the time you listen to this. I hope not. Um, well, I, I don't. I guess I don't really care. Uh, the Jim Harbaugh Vikings, yeah, uh, conversation. What's your thought on that? So what's the what's the scoop? They they called him. Well, yeah, and they've they've requested permission. I, I think the interview has probably happened. They, honestly, at this point, like I, so the Vikings new GM. They got from was Cleveland. With the 49ers when Harbaugh was there. Oh, so that's the connection. So they're buddies. Okay. And my read on this is that unless Harbaugh has some like extravagant number that he wants, that one of two things will happen. One, he's just totally playing Michigan to get an outrageous contract there. Or two, he wants to go to the NFL and he's going to be the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings unless it's some astronomical deal that the Wolves aren't going to pay. Because he had to, the Raiders had to give him a phone ring too. Like, I've, why is this the only one that came out? I've thought that's the why whole I'm time, concerned. I've thought the whole time that Harbaugh's playing Michigan. I never yeah. thought he was leaving. Okay. I, and I, I still, it's one thirty-eight in the afternoon. So again, I could look really dumb by the time you listen to this. I still think he's going to stay at Michigan. Like, it, none of this makes any sense. Like the way it, this is, he's on the road recruiting for them. He's trying to get back the money that he gave up last yeah, year when nobody wanted him yep. and more. That's my read on the situation. It has been since the second these stories started coming out. Those stories don't come out unless an agent wants them out. That's how this world well, works. Well, that's why I was interested that, that came out. So secondary. The reason I brought it up is because Matt Campbell's yeah. name is going to be mentioned with Michigan if he leaves. Yes, yeah, so is that I he will be mentioned. He will be I'm just prepping Iowa State yeah. fans that we may not be out of the woods as far as the Campbell paranoia goes. Okay. Yet. And I, I'm not, listen, I'm not telling you, like, personally, I think Michigan will hire somebody else. Like, I don't, I've, I find it, I think Matt would be great there. Sure. But I also know the arrogance of fan bases like that. And they're going to go, we're hiring a seven and six coach from Iowa State. Like, that'll be a hard sell for them, even though I think that they could. I think he would be one of the top two or three guys that Michigan could hire. Like I, I think yeah, Matt I mean, would be, kill it there. It'd probably be the usual suspects, Campbell and Fickle would be the top <sighs> two for them, I would have to think. I, mean, I, I don't know I don't know if, if they would hire an Ohio State guy though. You know, they got that 
that whole deal. Well, and, but you got to think, like, Michigan, though, is the type of program where, like, what are, like, pro guys, like, it's not, like, they're not, like, the standard, like, oh, we've got to go through the traditional no. coaching search here. No, but they're all big on that Michigan man thing. Exactly. And, I There's mean, a lot that goes into, I'm prepping fans. Yeah. Is a, I'm but very. I guess why Campbell would be interesting to them. He's not an Ohio State guy. No. But he is an upper Midwest guy. And so, I mean, if you don't know your geography, Toledo is literally a, like 40 minutes from Ann Arbor. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, it's like right across the border. It's right there. So, okay. I mean, if you look from a. Uh, he would be a great candidate for them. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I would absolutely put Michigan and Ohio State and Notre Dame all. But again, my where I'm coming level. from is I know the arrogance of Michigan fans. Yes, and there's going to oh, be a I, lot of those people who are going to be like, "Oh, we can do better than him." Absolutely. Same thing. Notre Dame, the Notre Dame fans, they would Matt yes. got brought up. Absolutely. And USC. So stay tuned. I have mixed emotions. I don't want Harbaugh to leave because I just don't want to deal with that. Like I'm, I'm over it. However, as a Minnesota Vikings fan and a Jim Harbaugh fan, like this is. I, I was like giddy when I saw this news. Do you think he'd be? He's such a strange. Dude, I he's I mean, won everywhere he's ever he has coached. Won. I just everywhere. think he's an odd duck. Yeah, but so is Bill Belichick. Like they I mean, I know. they're football make, coaches. Yeah, you're, you're not doing a press conference every day. No, I understand it. Like, but he, he wears out his welcome everywhere. Yeah, I don't so, care. I mean, give me to a Super give, Bowl. give me four years of fine, yeah, and you're in. Fine, yeah. Give me four years. Give me to a Super Bowl. Fix my quarterback situation. So are we in on Kirk Cousins? So that, are we, you know are what, we trading Kirk Cousins? Well, we there's a lot of buzz out there about a trade with the Browns for Baker. Okay. Mm, yeah. This GM knows the yeah, Browns. He would. He's the, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, I've long said, I'd never thought Kirk Cousins was the problem uh, directly. The problem is Kirk Cousins salary. Yeah. Because Kirk Cousins doesn't, he's not good enough to overcome weaknesses in other parts of the team. Well, when you pay him that much, you're going to have weaknesses in other parts yeah, of the team. Yeah, you can't afford it. So, like, when the line sucks, Kirk isn't good enough to just overcome it like some of these other guys, right? And then, like, God forbid if Dalvin Cook's hurt, like, it's over, right? Like, and you've got really good receiver. So, I actually I think... There are some pieces there. Yeah. And line that, was better this year? It maybe? would make me happy as a Vikings fan because if Harbaugh gets the job, they're not going to rebuild. Yeah, they're gonna try and win. Yeah. Like they're gonna make big moves. Maybe it's Deshaun Watson. Like they're gonna do something to try and win. If they hire like the defensive coordinator from the Giants, <laughs> guy who they interviewed yesterday, yeah. which I'm assuming that's the Rooney Rule type stuff. But like my point is, then you're looking at a rebuild. Yes, Harbaugh is not going to take a job like that to rebuild. So the Vikings fan in me is thrilled about that, and I love Jim Harbaugh. If you listen to my radio show yep. for the last eight years, I'm a big fan of the guy. I don't want it because I just don't want the Campbell paranoia. I, it, it's it's exhausting, honestly. And and if I were a Michigan fan, I, I'd be so annoyed with Harbaugh right now because it's just like we're doing this again. Yeah, like, yeah. and how long are we going to have well, to do this? And like, it does get tiring. And I don't blame a guy like Campbell that people bring you up and like it's natural. It's not Matt's fault. Yep. But that doesn't mean it's still not exhausting for a fan base and. Harbaugh, I think, is opposite of Campbell. I think Harbaugh is doing this purposely in his yeah, campus. Yeah, he's trying to. Yeah. Matt doesn't even have an agent. Right. So he's not like. Well, it's not like he used USC and Notre Dame no. for leverage because there's nothing. No. 
came out. But it's it. still to a fan listening, you're like, God, this again? Yeah. You know? I get it. I get it. So that that's where that situation is. Just prepping everybody. So Matt's name will be the all the national guys. If Harbaugh takes a job, Matt's name will be top three across the board. Yep. And gosh, they I would assume the way these coaching searches go, that that should move in the next ten days. Oh, I think by the end of the day on like Tuesday, we'll know for the Vikings. Yeah, I don't. A couple other NFL notes. There, if you look at who the Vikings have interviewed. Yeah. It's a bunch of like projects and then the one guy who's been to a super the Bowl. name in Harbaugh. Yeah. yeah. So it's a matter of does he want it or not. Yeah. Probably if he wants the job, he's gonna be it. the next head coach of the Vikings. So NFL wise, Greg Eisworth had an interception in one of the uh Oh. What, what game was it? I don't remember uh, what game it was. Whatever he was playing in yesterday. Good. He got a pick and then I wish I would have known that was on. Um, what a DVR did. Damn it. Senior Bowl and East West Shrine game are this week. So when? like uh, during the week? Saturday. I don't okay. know exactly, but oh, Brock's, gotta... Brock's playing in the East-West Shrine Bowl in Vegas. Um, and then I believe Owazarike and who else is at the Senior Bowl? We need to get Connor on these. Yeah, so anyway, I guess I saw a report yesterday, the Senior Bowl practice, so that's like the big one. Yeah. So that's the high-level. Mike, Mike, the... Mike Rose is there down there too. Owazarike got noticed, somebody who stood out in the first practice for one of the teams. So I think Annie's going to make himself some money. So it's just something to keep an eye on. I'll give I'll give the Campbell staff, um, scouting staff, props. This is like the personnel guys. Yeah. Any after like two months of being on campus, they told me hey, you can go back. I remember yeah, writing this. Twenty sixteen. They told that. me this this guy is a pro. This yeah. guy's got NFL written all over. He him. made himself probably a couple million dollars by coming back this year. Yeah. So happy for that guy. I think uh, my prediction, and I told you this, is Orion Vance will do the same thing this year. Yeah, he's got the... Orion Vance is an NFL linebacker. No doubt in my mind. So Mike Rose is there too, and is Charlie Kohler, of course. Yep. So all three of those guys will be playing this weekend. All right, uh, the Big Ten makes some news this week. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I'll just put it in layman's, just really short for it. The Big Ten, G- Gary Barda is the source. <laughs> Uh, to Scott Docterman. <laughs> so the oh, Big Ten God. is considering dropping to eight eight league games from nine, which is the opposite. We've been told for years they were going to go up to ten. ten. Yep. But they're in the alliance now, you know, the, the, which is the stupid – and I'll Rolled get to that eyes. here in a minute. Um, so the Big Ten is looking to drop to eight games and not having divisions, um, which is – which creates all sorts of like questions. Whatever, I don't even care. Um, Bloom, I'll give you the floor. I, I I don't understand why the Big Ten is working so closely with the ACC and the Pac-12. The Big Ten is like more valuable well, than both of those leagues combined. I mean, I would be curious what 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 this thing is going to look like. As far as do they have to play one of each? We're all ruining scheduling. college athletics. You know that, right? Well, this like, is it's going to be a race to the bottom of the least resistance to make that 12-team playoff. So the SEC only has to play eight. The Big Ten's like, well, screw that. Then we're only going to play eight. What are we doing? Like, it's just... Well, they're, well they're, and this is the thing for me, because I think anybody who... And, and I think it's natural for a fan to be like, oh, that'd be cool to see a different team come here, right? I've, I've done that too. But, like, we'll say, like, our friends in Iowa City, like, you're... Clemson's not coming to Iowa City. 
No. USC's not no. coming to like they're they're not, you're not going to get those games. You're going to get, get Boston College and Correct. So like get Louisville. My point is on this like I think the top end games will be really cool if they would do this. Yeah, but they should. The problem is like we're going to get a lot of like Duke Wake for Duke Northwestern, you know. Yeah, that type and, of and stuff. if it's all about TV, I'm sorry. I, if I'm a TV person, I'm like, I don't care about NC State and Northwestern. I want Ohio State playing. Like, yeah, like uh, Iowa. Wouldn't you Nebraska. rather play Michigan State than exactly. Boston College? Exactly. Like, you're not a fan. Even, you're not. I, I know. I'd re- I loved watching Iowa State play Missouri yesterday. Yep. yep. You're still going to play those teams once every three years. It's just, we don't, I don't know. I think we're just. You can call it the alliance, whatever. Maybe the Big Ten is doing this because they know that the Pac-12 and the ACC are, are largely garbage, and so they can pretend just, that that's a Power Five yeah, game. I just think that they are everybody screwing with the SEC. Well, like I, I honestly, I don't think there's anything more to it than that. And I don't know. I just think we're there's there are too many. I also think the I, I think this current Big Ten commissioner is in way over his head. I think he could be saying stuff that like will never get voted on by the president. Well, and, and it's hard to tell who's on what team here because you've got the ACC. What, why wouldn't the ACC want an expanded playoff? Like it doesn't make sense to me. Other than they're just screwing with the SEC, which if that's it, then. But the problem with that in this, so if you guys are interested in this, like geeking out on it, Doctorman came on my radio show. I think it was on Thursday. We had a, like an in-depth conversation okay. about it. The, I missed that. The ACC is in a very precarious spot because they are owned by ESPN. Yeah, for till twenty thirty-two or whatever. Six, six. Oh my yeah. gosh! And ESPN is basically owned by the SEC, <laughs> vice yeah. versa. So, like, if the ACC is like doing all this stuff to damage ESPN and the SEC, ESPN owns their network. Yeah, like, it's very like, strange. It, it, I, I just. I think there's a lot of talking going on, and I think by the time like the cooler heads prevail and you sit down, like a lot of this stuff isn't going to happen. Well, and it comes back to the point. It's been the number one point of this podcast is there's not there's nobody in charge. Nope. Zero. There are zero authorities. Everybody's looking out for themselves, and the college football product could be so much better if you just had a central authority like the NFL has to say, no, no, knock this stuff off. This is what we're doing. But but you I mean that's they're, your 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 radio all, program has turned into like the old guys at the Rose Bowl. We still care what they think. <laughs> I mean, what do we? I, yeah. I just it's it's nonsense. What what we're ruining? We are ruining a probably the second most popular sport in America in college football, yeah. and it's still going to exist. It'll still do fine, but it could be so much better. All because you have these competing interests that are little fiefdoms of of war. It's. It's just, it's gross how these these leagues and oftentimes these schools, aka Texas and Oklahoma, like there's just there's no loyalty to anybody well, other than themselves. And in anytime you do that in business in life, you self destruct quite quickly. And now the difference, but this has always been the case since 1985 when Oklahoma took this to the Supreme Court. Yeah. But the problem is there's so much more money and there's a giant microscope on everything now where the this is why the paying players thing it, it in my opinion it's less about the money that these schools were always making money like mm-hmm. right like yeah. in not not to this extent right 
it used to be like the cost of a scholarship was a really good deal in 1985. For the student athlete. Yep. Yeah, compared to now. But yep. I, I think the bigger problem of it all. That's a good point. Is that there's just a giant microscope on all this stuff. And people are writing about it daily. Like you can't. You can't forget about it if you try. Well, and the, and the, the, the thing There's that so much the, attention brought to the it. programs and the schools are just, it's, it's impossible to justify is if you can't say out of one side of your mouth, man, this pain players in this NIL is going to ruin the sport and then turn around and give Lincoln Riley $12 million and Brian Kelly $10 million and pay coordinators two and a half million dollars. Like these things, they don't add up. Like you, they do not coincide. You either gonna are, are we poor and we're a nonprofit, or are we not, or are we professional football? Well, look and at Iowa. Yeah. You know, they just cut all those sports and then they, they give parents great example. You know, and, that's just local. And, and for what reason? Like, I understand. Okay, he probably based on what other coaches make. Sure, he he earned the money. I agreed. Yeah, but like it, it's the hypocrisy of the messaging. I I, I just the, the it gets. I love college sports, but it gets more and more. Each story, it's like, gosh, I just wish there was somebody, the common sense czar, to say this is what we should do and, and all this stuff. I mean, the problem... Don't you remember and, like uh, a year and a half ago when we were being told like, oh, this is going to end college athletics? Yeah. Like, we're yeah. in like doomsday well, scenario here. And, and I was a great example. Is They literally cut a couple of sports Yeah. because it was going to be the Ice Age. And now they're... It's just baffling to me, and, and individually, each decision makes sense on its own. Because I'm sure, again, people are selfish. Programs are selfish. The Texas and Oklahoma thing, yeah, uh, it, they all in, in on their own they make sense, but collectively, it has turned this sport into just complete zoo. I don't know. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad Iowa State has a seat at the table. It's just each day, it's like, God, what am I going to read about today that is just going to make me shake my head? Well, we're just getting started because this will be a wild summer. I think it will be, too. We haven't even gotten to, like, Big Ten TV contracts and stuff like that. Like, that's going to become a thing. It's not going to be very long. Well, it's going to be this. uh, I, I just think, fast forward 10 years, I think the landscape of college sports will be just wildly different. I, I think you're paying players within three years. I think, you know, the question will be for the NIL stuff. You've seen, you've even seen that move in in, in ten months, or not even that, like seven months. Where now schools are hiring people to run the operation to get name, image, and likeness, which was explicitly written in the rule that that should like happen. six months ago. Yeah, I remember. But they're when, not getting punished. I, I remember like, when we started um, selling some freaking T-shirts. It was like, you know, yeah, we like can't we be just, associated. Oh my god, like. Better not use the logo. And use the lo- right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or we're going to sue you. But no, nobody did that at Iowa no. State. But my point was it was strictly forbidden. Nobody wanted like, to get in trouble. They had to take, like, classes mm-hmm. and, like, it, it – and I – nobody really knew what was – and and now, yeah, like, these athletic departments are going to have human beings who are, orga- like, basically acting as, like, media agents. Marketing agents for these teams. Now, and, and that's where I was like, does – do the universities do this or will like Learfield start doing it? I don't know. It, that, like it does just the adds. rights holders start doing it? Because and then you get into a whole deal, and you know this better than me. Like for a sponsorship deal, like mm-hmm. is the university gonna really want to give hundred thousand dollars to a quarterback or have that go back into the sponsorships of the university? Because 
is Pollard's video, which we talked about last week. That's a big chunk of how Iowa State makes its revenue. Yep. Yep. And there's only so many dollars from a corporate standpoint in certain states. Absolutely. Including ours. So right now, Iowa State gets... I don't know the exact number. It was in that video. It cut like two, Eight, three million or what was it? I think it's more than that. Oh, okay. I think, no, I, I think okay. Learfield gives Iowa State, I don't know. Whatever. And whatever then Iowa State, then Learfield gets to go out and sell, sell it for more and then they make the profit. Correct. Okay. So I, I, Learfield writes Iowa State a check. I think it's like six to seven million dollars a year. I could be wrong on that. And then that's different all around the country. So like yeah. Alabama charges them more. Way more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so then you're right though. So if you, let's say you're an insert company here. Okay, where do you want to spend your money? Do you do you give it through Learfield, which goes to Iowa State, which goes to the athletic department, or directly to the player? And then if you're the athletic department, what do you want? Like, do you want to get the player? Yeah. Or do you want to run your athletic department, which also helps the player? I mean, it's just a because they're you're, they're still on scholarship. Yeah, the scholarships aren't going. They're away. still getting food at the. You still got to feed them. You still got to yeah. travel. You like still they got, still have room and they board. They got equipment. Yeah, that they're using. There's and still facilities. They do benefit from. I don't know. It's um, it's a tough world right now. I think that. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to be careful, and I really to not be too critical on any of these. No, nobody knows because everybody's. I think trying their best to, but it's buckle up, baby. Well, nobody knows like what. Even players, I think, are kind of confused as to what can I get out of this and what's best for me? And then the other part, Chris, it's going to be a story in the next three years. Quote me on this. The transfer portal, it's going to become such a deal where only about half of these guys that go to the portal are going to find homes. And have you looked and so where the be, guys who left Iowa State yeah, have ended up? Yes. I don't think any of them are like at a high major. Nope. I don't think one ended up. Nope. Couple what, other couple than Ishim. Couple at Florida A&M. Uh, Skates I, went to Memphis. Ishim's at Mississippi. Ishim is the only one of the think, P5. I think you're right. Unless you count. No, Memphis isn't P5. Nope. No. Nope. But so I think you're, you think the grass is greener. It may not be. And so that's going to become a story of all these leftover transfer portal guys that never found a home. Because there'll be a lot of coaches that'll choose to stash scholarships yeah. for the portal as opposed to taking these guys you know will never crack your yep, duty. Which will also actually hurt the high school recruiting too. There's so many unintended consequences. We have no idea <laughs> what will look like. But it's just... Um, it's a fascinating world, and you even you've seen now some schools just hire basically personnel guys to run their football operation, where they're literally hiring like NFL salary cap guys and scouts to look at the transfer portal and uh, and how we're going to handle that. So anyway, I, I actually I thought it was interesting. I was on two four seven because I was perusing the Michigan boards last night. Yep, yep as you do, <laughs> and they they now have, and this is really smart. They have transfer rankings <laughs> like they would like, Oh, the number one high school prospect. They yep. now have transfer portal rankings, yep. which I, now every, that I think about it, I'm surprised it took them this long. Every, but. every single school should have a scout just focused on the portal at this point. Wild world. Yeah. I kind of feel like I've been saying that for like three years yeah. in basketball and yeah, I never thought we would see this in football. Well, here we are. And the artist. You just looked at it. No, I uh, I can't see it. It's, uh... Oh, I know the song. Help me out. Third Eye Blind, Third bro. Eye Blind. One of the all-time great albums right here, brother. Are they still around? Let me do a quick Google search. I don't hear about Third Eye Blind anymore. Third Eye Blind. Like going to a middle school Third dance. Eye Blind tour. Oh, baby, we can, uh... Still kicking it? 
We're going to a third eye blind show this summer. <laughs> How many songs did they? They had a couple songs. They had a couple songs. They had a good, nice little run. They are still around. Oh, they're going to be in Kansas. Okay. That was postponed from COVID. Uh, yeah, they're still around. Okay. They're still kicking. Them. All right. Getting ready to release their oh. 2022 tour. How's, how's it they're, going to be? I know, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's another Apparently, one. the uh, Third Eye Blind folks are very COVID conscious yeah. well, they, based off of the quick Google search I just did. They are not blind to COVID. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good Thank way you. to leave it. Yeah. Bloom is George Costanza, ending on a high note. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate y'all. Um, I think the Title Nine girls are this week. We'll have a couple of cover three, corner threes likely. Brutal week for the clones. Let's Let's get some wins. Let's get some wins. Later.